Welcome to the Better Business Podcast, a series for those business owner operators who want to create a better business. Here are your hosts, Chris and Mark. Howdy listeners, it's Chris and I again from the Better Business Podcast. Um, We're going to do an interesting podcast today and that we're going to have a bit of a rant. We're going to do something we don't normally do which is there could be bad language in this one and we think it's called for Uh, not a lot just a little we're going to relate what we're seeing in the media and uh tearing that down to what you can how that applies to businesses what you can do in your business because they're actually how people behave is very similar to the things you can do in your business and how it affects us so pez chris hello you good i'm all good mate and this is with, with the media, with the special uh, context of COVID-19. Yeah, COVID-19. So we're going to, um, one thing I didn't mention, but I will now, we're going to, our intention is to keep this pretty short and punchy because I think people are over anything that's long and windy. So I think we'll get right into it. So, Pez, mm-hmm. what's one thing that stuck with you? Cool. Oh, good. Because I've I've written two or three or four, even four things that have stuck with me at the moment. So let's let's get into my first one here. Um, you wouldn't even believe it. I've actually made notes probably for the first time oh, in my God. life for one of these things. So that, hopefully, hopefully that shines through okay. to the listeners out there. So number one, Iggy. Yep. Okay. So what I did is I broke it down. I even put a bit of a format around this. So what I'm going to yep. say is what what it is. So what is it? What is it that I've seen and what is it that you've seen? And I'll get some stuff from you. What sparked it? How does it apply to business? And what's the key takeaway? Okay. So that way, hopefully our listeners can go, okay, yep, I relate to similar things. But if they put it into this kind of format, then they can go, okay, well, why am I thinking that way? How is it relevant to us? How does it actually apply to business? And then if I was actually, you know, put, put it in the context of if I was training a new person or a new person started in my business, what would I say to them about this thing? So here we go. Number one, Eggy. Number one. Be decisive. Okay, so this is not so much from the media perspective, but more from a political perspective at this point. Okay, here. so um, what was the event? So what sparked it was, if you go back to the start of the crisis, it was the speed of the shutdown of the Australian economy, essentially, and Australian business and all the social distancing laws and everything that came with it even though it ran counter to probably community interest at the time and community expectations and sentiment. And it also, what I think we saw from um, especially Scott Morrison at the time, as as he was the only voice at at the particular time leading from the front, was that it was actually counter to what was coming out of the World Health Organisation in China. Okay. So that's what sparked it? That's what sparked it. Mm -hmm. How does this apply to business? Mm -hmm. Stand your ground. It's about standing your ground and being committed to something. If you stand your ground and you're committed to something, you, you can galvanise your team to work towards, you know, a common goal or defeating a certain threat, as in this case, or, or um, you know, achieving something together. It made it easy to follow. Okay. There were hard and fast rules and they were clear and it was easy to follow. And what you ended up seeing was probably, you know, just pull a bit of a figure out of, out of the older proverbial most people complied. Yeah, they did. Most people did actually comply. Okay. Your next point? So what's the key takeaway? Yeah, key, take, is- key takeaway here is understand your leadership strengths and do more of them. 
So in that case, whether it's Scott Morrison or your state leader, whoever was the, the voice at the time that you were listening to, they were clear, they were decisive. It wasn't necessarily an easy thing to do, but most people ended up following. It galvanised most people to, to interaction. So at some point you have to understand where that is in your leadership makeup. And if you're good at that sort of stuff, keep doing more of it and you'll get better of it. If you need to develop that stuff, find a way to develop it. And if you're never going to be good at that stuff, find the people in your business who are. Perfect. Love it. All right. What's your first one, mate? Uh, well, my first one goes on from that a bit, actually. I was watching Scott Morrison be interviewed about this very early in the piece. And basically, when he waffled and waffled, and I thought, you bloody wanker. <laughs> no, I did. I got irritated. And then that made me suspicious because I thought, what, what aren't you saying here? What really aren't you saying? Well, someone must have got a hold of him. So that was my first thing. I thought, you wanker, I'm suspicious. Yep. And was it because he went on for too long? He waffled. Yep. So how does this apply to business? Well, what's, what is, so the spark that was that he waffled? He waffled. He waffled badly. Um, so what, what is the thing? Is it that be, be concise? Is that? No, I'll come to it. I'm just about okay. to come to that. So how does this apply to business? Really simply, he didn't give the context of what he was talking about uh-huh. and went straight into the detail. Yep. And then he waffled. Yep. Waffling, you immediately think, I immediately thought, what are you hiding? How does this apply to business? This is how I would apply this to business. Give the context of what you're talking about. At some point, give three key points related to what you're talking about and keep it that simple. And if you need to give a bit of detail around each of the points, good, do it, but keep it simple. Yep. And give context. God, I can't tell you, this drives me off my nut. Yep. I just got off the phone to a friend of mine who is quite a good mate, but he talks at you. So he talks at me. It's very hard to have a two-way conversation. But he goes into this sea of detail. And I just start to lose it as in concentration <laughs> totally. I know you think that, I know you know that. Yeah. But I'm going, give me the context so I can figure out what bits of the detail I need and what bits I don't need and shut the fuck up occasionally <laughs> so someone else can have a word. Yep. So the key takeaway for business for me in this, uh, I'll say this after Scott, someone must have had a word to Scott Morrison because then he started to get really clear and keep it really simple, give the context and give the bits that needed to come after that. And I actually started to go, yep, yeah, fair point, good. I can see what you're doing here. I'll, yeah. I'll do that. Yep. So we saw I, that in the States as well, didn't we? Tr- we Trump did. was, was going on and appearing far too regularly and then someone's got in his ear and, and then I think he only he paired it back to every second or third day after that. Yes. Because he yep. started musing about disinfectants and all sorts of stuff and it, was, oh, it, it wasn't a good look. And shot himself in one foot and took careful aim at the other with that, <laughs> to quote a friend of mine. Um, <laughs> So my key takeaway is if you're talking as a leader, if you're talking to your staff, give the context and keep it simple of what you're talking about. Give some three points. Three points is a magic number in communication. Everyone Mm -hmm. can go boom, boom, boom and remember that. Too many more than three and they'll forget. So keep it simple. Give context. Give three key points and give some detail around around them if you need to. Yeah, good. Have you got another E? Oh, mate, do I have some? Okay. Um, so it flows on from that one. Drop the hashtag speak. That's what it is. Drop it. 
Yeah, if you're a leader, drop the management nonsense and the verbal diarrhea. So this is a little bit about the waffle, yeah? Mm. So what sparked that was if I hear one more person say we're all in this together. I'll puke. I will seriously puke, actually. I'd want to grab them by the eyeballs, not even (laughs) by the throat. I want to grab their eyeballs. We're all in this together. The other one that's killing me at the minute is this is the new normal. Um, obviously, we've heard things like we've got to flatten the curve, the rhetoric around. This is another one. This changes everything I heard the other day. I've heard it a few times. Anytime there's some little hiccup with this COVID crisis, the first thing that, that uh, a spokesperson for the government or, or uh, an interest group or a politician or yeah, a news service, well, this changes everything. Yep. Well, there's been a new person that's been tested positive. Oh, well, this changes everything. Well, no, it doesn't change everything. Yep. It's not a new normal. You can't keep telling us that change is inevitable and change is constant. And then as soon as something changes, then we say, well, that's it. This is the new normal. Yeah. Well, what's the new normal? The new normal is now these, these conditions that we've imposed on ourselves to defeat something. And then once we all go back to work, what's the new normal in all this? I think people just like throwing all this stuff around. Yeah, and it, um, it, it sounds banal and insulting to people's intelligence. So stop yeah. doing it. I think um, one of the reasons they do throw these things around is because they don't actually know what to say. They feel lost. Good, because that leads me straight into my takeaway on this. Which is? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> if, if Engage people the right way. Engage in two-way conversation. Ask questions. Sympathise. Empathise. Listen. Understand. Because if you've got nothing to say other than ma- management drivel, Here's the new hashtag for you, STFU. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, I'm just going to add a little bit on the end of that, Pez, is that you and I have both been in large conferences when we used to work actually literally together. Yep. Where people would think the person in the room that spoke the most was the smartest. It's, it's actually the opposite. <laughs> More often than not. It is. It's the person that says that one crucial thing and you go, oh, my God, that is brilliant. I'll have that. Yeah, yeah. So be authentic in your communications and be open to listening more than you're speaking. And it goes on to the point that you spoke before. Yeah. Okay. What about what else have you got? Now um, that I've got that off my chest. Well, you've given me a couple of things I can walk straight into. Um, and I'll just say now I got this next statement from a friend of mine who's going to be uh, on our next podcast. We're going, Chris and I are going to interview him. His name's Mark Kennedy, and he works for an international research company. They, inter- they research social trends, basically, not why a product is or is, isn't succeeding. It is really interesting stuff. So I talked to him about this, and he said exactly what you said. He said, I hate that word, new normal, because the old normal wasn't normal anyway. There was massive, and you'll hear this from him, yeah. there was a great deal of dissatisfaction, actually, yeah, in, in society in general. So, new normal. That, that'll be interesting, and I encourage listeners to tune in for that one. Yeah, this this will be really good. This will be really, really, really good. What one thing you did say though that I think is coming up, which is a lead on from the Scott Morrison thing, hmm. is that as a leader now, if you are not authentic, okay, yes, your listeners are going to pick it up, or your staff are going to pick it up. There. Their, their bullshit radar is massively finely tuned right now. 
And I think that is because people are going, oh, God, I'm a bit worried. How's this ha- what's happening here? I don't understand it. I can't control it. But I can hear bullshit. So as a leader, exactly from what you said is, if you're not authentic, you're going to have you're going to struggle, really. So be straight up. We said this in our last one a little bit. Be authentic. No bullshit. So the key takeaway takeaway from me on that one is drop any of the crap language. Yeah. Use your own language. Be you. You know, I've heard and you've heard, Pez, people publicly speak who aren't necessarily good public speakers, but the one thing they had that actually galvanised the audience, they weren't afraid to be themselves. And in that, you forgave them every lack of public speaking. Isn't it so true? Yeah. You don't, you don't need to go and see a polished performer. You need to see someone who's actually just being themselves. Being themselves. So I would say, um, as a leader, be yourself. Which goes a little bit back into that vulnerability topic that came up in, our last, in that last series we did. The, the podcast goes viral. Yeah, that whole management vulnerability. Just be yourself. People respect that. Um, so do you have another E? Yes, I do. That's the one. So the big, what, what is it? It is you get what you pay for. What sparked it? Do you remember when Trump was trying to explain where the Wuhan virus came from? And he okay. said to the report, China. So you get what you pay for. What sparked it? This whole thing around China. And, and let me explain that. The risks involved in always making supply-based decisions based on the lowest cost. So mm-hmm. what we're seeing is, you know, if we looked at, at where this, how this virus started as a business model, um, lacks controls, I, I guess very, you know, very uh, loose with the truth, pretty ordinary. If you looked at it from a risk management scenario, it, it doesn't look good at any level. But what do we rely on, on China for? Cheap supply of labour, manufacturing, um, you know, pharmaceuticals, a lot of stuff that we need. Yep, so our, our supply chain is compromised. How this applies to business, don't stop making decisions based on lowest cost and understand your market, your business model and source accordingly. Okay, whether it's sourcing professional advice, whether it's sourcing raw materials, whether it's sourcing building and construction materials, make sure they're all within the same context of your business model and what your market expects of you if we keep sourcing the cheapest stuff all the time we'll get what we pay for and it isn't always pretty and and so the the takeaway for that for me is run what we spoke about a few podcasts ago in in our no such thing as competition no it wasn't that one it was a and channel management around um, distribution relationships and we we spoke about a, a process called fears and benefits run some sort of uh, scrutiny framework whether we we, you and i've worked with fears and benefits model um, across your supply chain and your referral network it takes time but it allows you to come up with um, substitutes alternatives best of breed all of that stuff a lot of organizations are doing this at the minute working with a number of businesses who are really testing this across their supply chain and their referral networks as we speak Um, really look at who your best uh, suppliers are who your best referral sources are, and make sure it's congruent from start to finish. Really good, really good. Um, I could add a little, I have a little homily that I would yes. add in here. Yes. That my wife and I use, which is, um, it is buy once, cry once. 
explain? Have you got a good example of that? Yeah. We bought a standard light lounge room. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's made in Italy. And it was a bit obscenely expensive when we bought it. Four years or five years later, we've still got it. And every time I look at it, I go, oh, God, I like that light. So we just yeah. have one. So our other, at a very personal level, my other thing in life is less stuff, better quality. So that's the buy once, cry once thing. Yeah. And do you think that this crisis has got people to be a bit more, and this might be one of your, your key takeaways, so I don't want to preempt anything. But... No, I'll tell you what, though, that um, assuming we get hold of Mark on Monday, he has got a whole thing on China. He's actually... Oh, oh cool. Visiting. That'll be good. But I was just going to say, like, do you think through this crisis we, we've almost done a, sto- a personal stock take? I do, actually. I do think that. In our lives, you know, what, what are the things I really enjoy? What are the things maybe I'm just filling it up with? I was on that path. I started on that path probably six or eight months ago. Yeah. Um, and I do think it applies to businesses, their position and their business model. I'll give you an example here if you like. I have mm-hmm. given it to you already. I'll give it to the listeners. A friend of mine bought a four-wheel drive. Yep. Expensive English one. To... That, that really narrows it down. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's turned a bit years old and he didn't have it for nine weeks because it broke down, still under warranty. So something is wrong in their supply chain where either they couldn't get the bit or the bit was so broken they couldn't fix it. So he, I and the other people in our cohort would never buy that brand of car now in a pink fit. It just represents too much risk for what you pay for. Got it. And it was expensive. Yep. Nine and a half weeks. That's unbelievable. Especially if it's the brand I'm thinking of. It is. Yes. You'd expect they'd do better than that. The the Queen wouldn't accept it, would she? No. They ended up paying his lease for three months. (laughs) But that still doesn't uh, build any brand um, sort of loyalty, does it? They're about to bring out a new model based on an iconic model they've had for decades. That will just crash. Yeah. Because people don't trust them. Back yeah. trust. Now, what else have you got? Have you got another one? Yeah. Um, I think what's happening right now is um, this is the time when leaders that aren't leaders get smoked out. Mm. So, I What put, sparked this? Well, Scott Morrison did for a while, but I think he stepped into the breach. Yeah. Um, some people in the state Liberal Party here just they look like good leaders but they're not and had how did what was there any particular incident was it like a lack of transparency or honesty or not abiding by the same things we're all abiding by Uh aha yes was this the case of the person who went up to his holiday house well there's now a second one oh is there okay well there you go not walking the talk no 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 and I think what happens in business, and there'll be more on this from our friend next mm-hmm. week, is I think a lot of the leaders we work with, pairs because they started the business, are actually relatively good leaders or have, have the skill to be. Yep. Sometimes their managers get shifted into leadership roles. Uh, the key takeaway, well, the main thing there is managers are doers quite often they're not, they don't think ahead as much as they could. Yeah. 
So, and, and, and the broader implications of the example they're setting and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, so in fact, yeah. they, they turn out not to be brilliant leaders. Yeah. It gets back to that word you were talking about before, about context. They're not, they're not operating out of a broader frame of context, are they? They're just doing what they do on, that, on any given day. Yep. So you need to have the why in your head all the time. Often managers live below that. What and how is their world. So what's the key takeaway? Is the key takeaway you always got to be in context? Yeah, I've said that already before in this podcast, but it's really important. Try and live in context. And understand that, that you're a leader. So yeah. like for the, for the politician or the, you know, the business person that, that is uh, saying one thing to the troops and then going and acting in another way, it's incongruous and it's not authentic and it's um, not leadership. Well, it is leadership, but it's just poor leadership. Yeah, it's poor leadership. And sometimes um, poor leadership, you can get away with it. In this, in this particular time right now, you won't? No. And like you said, it's smoking out a few, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So what, what's, what do you think, you know, the implication for businesses on that one is that is it something along the lines that um, in, in times of, you know, whether, whether it's crisis or a lot of scrutiny, make sure you're sticking to the script. Well, make sure you have a script. Make sure you share the script with everyone. In other words, the context while we're doing mm-hmm. this. And have it in make, your head all the time. And make sure you bloody well live it when you're doing something. Yeah, live it. Yep. Great. All right, I've got one more. Beautiful. If that's okay. Beautiful. This is around this is around expectation setting. Okay. <laughs> Because this is the one that's got me the most hot under the collar out of all of this. All right. That are it, Boris. Set expectations and stick to the KPIs. So what sparked this? It's the constant changing of goalposts and rhetoric around when um, restrictions will be released. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying a lot of these leaders and a lot of Australians this is the first time they've faced something like this. So we can't all see the future, okay? So that's granted. However, at one point we had to flatten the curve. Then what was the next benchmark we had to hit? Once the curve started flattening, probably quicker than what they expected, then we had to hit another benchmark, which was around hospital bed capacity. Then it was around respirator capacity, uh, how many respirators we had. Then it was around uh, quarantine days. Then it was around uh, something else. Then it was around how many tests we're doing. That, then it's going to be around something else. So how this actually applies to business, and this was I was talking to someone the other day around this and said, how it feels for us, right, is imagine that um, your income or your bonus or your commission or, or just your whatever it is, your pay at some level, is linked to a set of KPIs. And every time you're about to achieve achieve that KPI or you achieve that KPI and you're expecting you to to get paid whatever it was that is in your agreement, the manager says, oh, no, but now we've changed this. You haven't done that one. And you didn't even know that you were aiming for that one. So imagine having to hit certain KPIs to receive a certain reward, but then all those KPIs were being changed all the time on you, even though you've done your bit. How would you feel about that manager? Yeah. Very shitty. Very shitty. Yeah. So that's how a lot of people are beginning to feel about their particular state leaders. And if you're in Victoria, 
from my perspective, and I'm just going to put it out there, this is all about golf. Um, that's how I'm feeling at the minute. Every time something happens, the, the, the goalposts change, but it's, not, it's never replaced with anything certain or definite. It's always, oh, now we've got to do this, now we've got to do that, now we've got to do this. And what's happened is, and it gets back to your last point about the smoking out of, um, what would you call it, sometimes a, a little bit of shady leadership. I wouldn't call it lady, shady leadership. What I would call it is this, Pez, how often have you been in a business where someone's at a managerial level and they can become the leader and they get offered the leadership? How many times have you seen someone turn that down? Very rarely. Yeah, when they could. They could go, no, I'm yeah. quite happy here. I've seen it, but it's very rare. It's rare. That's, I think that's what it is. Yeah, well... One of the, the, yeah, well, well, that's the thing. That that's at the business perspective. I'm talking about what how this is, has extrapolated in terms of this COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're doing? Is we're 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 constantly being challenged to to hit new benchmarks, and then those benchmarks actually change. Now, like I said before, granted, not everyone's going to know what these benchmarks are. It's the first time anyone's been through this sort of stuff. So let's just leave that to the side. So from a business perspective, the learning here is that once you set your expectations, put the effort into setting the right. Uh, KPIs for your team and your business and your staff and once they're in place just stick to them that's all just stick to them because when when you think back in your professional career how many times and not just places you've worked at but also places you've coached in and and consulted to how many times do you know there's all this heat that gets wrapped up around offers of something that never gets seen through well uh, often and um, the key word with expectations is energy. So if you really want to stir up negative energy, don't manage your expectations well. Yeah, M- miss an expectation that you set. Yeah, and I think it, you can do, what you can do with this is set an expectation and say, look, from where I stand at the, right now, this looks like what it'll be. There is a chance it might change, but I will warn you, I will forewarn you well in advance if that is going to be the case. I'm a bit of a fan of Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. He addressed, he gave his yearly or whatever address was the other day in America. I'm pretty sure everyone knows who Warren Buffett is. And he stood up and said, I just don't know what's happening here. Yeah. We aren't doing anything right now because I just don't know. Well, we don't know more accurately. So what? Are, that's, that's coming from a position of a leader. Yeah. It's okay to say you don't know. Hmm. But when you, when you, uh, take this down into, I guess, uh, managing uh, people via expectations of what they have to deliver, whether it's KPIs or their job description or whatever it is, projects they've got to deliver, wh- what have you. The, the key takeaway here is once you set them, stick to them, assuming the conditions have, have remained the same, yeah. and, and don't, don't change them just because you think there's a little bit of um, extra you can get on behalf of the business or the team or suck a little bit of extra profit or whatever it is. Just, just set them in place. If if your people live up to them and you manage them and everyone's working in the right direction, good luck to them. If they if they achieve more than what they what you thought they were going to achieve, let them go. So once you set your expectations, don't change the goalposts. Completely right. I don't know what your feeling is. Mine is that we've probably delivered enough right now. Probably one other that's on my list that is probably worth mentioning really quickly, mm-hmm. and it's. More than ever, and when you and I spoke, spoke about this pretty consistently, it's it's that whole faith in your staff. Once you 
once people understand their jobs and they understand where you're heading and, and you've painted a really good picture of, of, of getting people on the same page, and that's all part of the communication that we spoke about a bit earlier, get out of their way. And what I think this crisis is, has done, it's, it's probably forced a lot of managers to stop micromanaging their staff because they, they just can't. They're not in front of them. They can choose not to answer a video call if they don't want. They can be a bit sparse with their communication if, if they choose to be because they're not in their presence. But what it probably highlights is that people, if you get out of their way and you've got the right people, they've got the right context for why they're doing something, they've got the skills, the tools and everything about that, go, that goes with it, just get out of their way and they'll do the job. And we're seeing a lot of really good examples uh, in the businesses I work with bosses are generally surprised at how well their team steps up. There's two things there, Pez, is often this comes from lower down the ranks. They do something amazing and everyone goes, wow. In other words, someone's kept out of their way and they've done more than what anyone would think they'd do. Um, I think on this point, I have one point to add to this. As a leader, there's three things you need. One is clarity, where you're going, control, who does what, and capability. In, in other words, your capability as a leader, and we can talk about this later, but right now I think as leaders need to be coaching more than they're doing anything else. Yeah. They need to keep people, you know, keep their energy nice and even. Yeah. Around, you know, if people had a had a, a vision and a plan and a strategy of where they're going, they might be just rewriting that right now, and that's completely okay. That's that authenticity piece as well. Yeah. Just Just being who you are. Fantastic, so coach, right? Coach, don't play, as, as I would say, as much as you can right now. You're going to need to play, obviously, but keep up the coaching of your staff. Yeah, and also, and on the playing part, you know, show the team that you, you're happy to roll the sleeves up as well. Absolutely, be useful. Be useful, that's a good term. Just be useful. Tell, and getting in people's faces and telling them how to do their jobs and micromanaging them is not useful. Being useful is working alongside them. I'm really looking forward to our chat next Monday. Yeah, I might just say something here. People, please go to the Better Business podcast on Facebook, sorry, Facebook, and leave a comment. Go to the Facebook Better Business podcast and please leave a comment. Yeah, I think we've got, we're approaching, you know, 100 followers on that page now, which is, you know, nothing, nothing enormous, but considering we've only invited people to come and have a look at it over the last few weeks, it's not a bad result. So, I think it's really good if people listen to something, just throw in a line. And here's the thing. We don't care if you disagree with what we say. We encourage oh, you. Oh, happy to hear some disagreement. Really yeah. am. Yeah, really have a go at us. We, we love nothing more. Yep. Because out of that, something good invariably. Yeah, all right, mate. Good chatting. As always. And um, uh, well, there'll be a new one up next week at some stage, later in the week, next week. Yeah, perfect. Good on you, mate. Okay. See ya. Thank you.